Welcome to the F Word Conversations on Faith. I'm your host, Pastor Matt Miofsky. Good to have you back. Sitting across from me is Jeff Allen, producer Jeff, as I like to call him. But he does a lot of things here at the gathering. How are you, Jeff? I'm good. Always here. Always yes. here for you. So, so this is going to sound really dorky. Some of you know I'm a mathematician at heart. Not just at heart, in practice, kind of, or I used to be. You know, I was good at math growing up, and I was a math major in college, theoretical math. And there's this weird thing. A lot of math is philosophical. People ask me, how'd you get from math to religion or stuff? And I say, well, you know, a lot of math actually has philosophy or makes you think about things. And something I've always thought about, Jeff, just wrap your brain around this for a minute. Are you ready? I don't know. I'm, <clears throat> math was never my strong suit. You so. don't have to okay. be good at right. math to just wrap your. By the head way, I this. once dated a girl whose bachelor's degree was in mathematics. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, what can you do with that?" And she didn't really know. We can do a lot with it. <laughs> okay, I mean, all right. <laughs> you could be a pastor, <laughs> as an example. Yes. But all right, wrap your head around this for just a minute. Okay. One of the many mysteries of math: there are as many numbers between zero and one as there are between zero and a million. Whoa. Okay. Just yeah. think about that for a second. There are just as many numbers between zero and one as there are between zero and a million. Mm. Basically both of them contain infinity. Now I don't know what that makes you think about maybe nothing, but you know, I thought about this a lot, you know, when I first learned about this, you can, and here's what it always made me think about that. Uh, sometimes there, there are just as many possibilities sometimes right in front of us that we can access by going deeper into what we're already doing or where we already are than in, in going all over the globe and all over the place, trying to seek something out that sometimes, we, we tend to think about life or our purpose in life or what we want to do with our life as something we have to go out there and discover. Like we have to travel. We have to move towns. We have to take a new job. We have to be with different people. We have to go halfway across the world. And, and, and sometimes that's not true. Sometimes actually all the, all the stuff for finding your purpose and what it is that you're meant to do with your life. Sometimes it's not so much something that you have to go out there and discover, but sometimes it's actually right in front of you. You just have to take the time to, to, to dig and, and unearth it. And that's what it's made me think about. Maybe that sounds totally weird. I don't know why. Maybe it's because my math brain, but I, I've always just thought sometimes there's a, as much uh, power in going deep right where we are as going really wide. There's as many numbers between zero and one as there are between zero and a million. And I, the reason I'm talking about this is because I think, I really do think when it comes to our life's passion, when it comes to what we're supposed to do with our life, when it comes to our calling, if you wanted to use that language, you know, I think a lot of us mistakenly believe that this is somehow something we have to go and find. Like we don't know it. We don't have it. We got to go find it. And a lot of times, and scripture kind of talks about this, you know, gifts, your passion, your calling is not so much something you have to go off and find, but something you have to spend time discovering. It's already right here. And the gifts that you need and the, the resources you need to follow it are actually already right here. And today, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. 
My guest today needs no introduction to people who are part of the church, the gathering where uh, I serve, but to the rest of you, she is a leadership coach, a writer, a pastor, my coworker, and author of a book called Get Up, Unearthing Your Passion and Taking Brave Action in 50 Days. Pastor Charity, welcome. What's up? <laughs> it's good to see you. Good to be here. I mean, we see each other all the time, but not in this setting. Mm-hmm. And... You know, normally this is just a podcast. It is today, but we're also videoing this. So we're especially, you know, self-conscious of what we look like. Uh, but before I get into the book proper, you know, I, and that's what I want to talk about today is is this book that you wrote. But what led you to write a book, this book? Were there personal or pastoral experiences that led to the dream of writing this book? Sure. Um, yeah, great question. I... Uh my background is in journalism, so uh, I love to write. I think I've always known that I would write a book. Uh, didn't always know what it would be per se, but um, just a desire to write for sure. Um, yeah, I think the book came together at a couple of strands. One, you know, I'm a pastor. I preach, and so the book is based on something that I preach. They got a lot of conversation going. Um, lots of people coming, you know, to your office after that, you know, message and asking really good questions, and so. Um, I think just the energy and the buzz that had come from folks uh, and then coaching people who are trying to figure some things out around purpose, passion, calling, uh, my own personal struggles with that. Um, and that being really one of the big questions I think people are always wrestling with. And it's a, it's a good wrestle. And so that's what you know made me say, I think this is an important topic to try to figure out how did how have I come to what I know and how can I maybe help other people yeah. unpack for themselves Yeah, as it well. makes sense. G- give people a sense of what the book's about. I mean, the, the title says a lot, Get Up, mm-hmm. uh, Unearthing Your Passion, Taking Brave Action in 50 Days. Give us a sense of what the book's about. Sure, sure. Well, the book is really about uh, unearthing your passion and having this sort of resurrection, your own personal resurrection mm-hmm. by taking you 50 days in a way through um, a character's Bible, a character in the Bible story, but coupling that with your own sort of story. And so I invite people to sort of remember their name, remember um, who, where they grew up and how that shaped and formed us. There are things we forget, right? Cause we're, we're living and doing all the things. So this book really is about um, tapping back into what's already there uh, and, and, and revealing, having that be revealed again, resurrected, yeah. uh, coming back to life in us. Um, yeah. Because life kind of can, well, I was thinking about this. I mean, there's certainly two big parts of the book, like things that we have to sort of put away mm-hmm. or get over. I mean, you talk about it in a few different ways so that we can discover something new. Mm-hmm. But talk about what are some of those things that cause us to forget mm-hmm. or to lose touch mm-hmm. with who we are, our passion, or some of the things that kind of keep us down, if you want to use sure. that language that we sure. have to get up from? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one is what I think is really common is something everybody experiences, and that's grief. Um, I think um, when we go through seasons um, and either seasons of grief or just experience grief, it clouds us and we don't, mm. we don't always come back from it, right? We come back from it in a different way. Um, and so we're changed by it. And I think sometimes people are uh, unsure what to do with it um, because it's always going to be there. Yeah. Right. And I think that is, I talk about grief as the forever friend. Um, I don't <laughs> love it, but it's going to always be there. So when I see it show up, it's like, all right, here you go again, you know? Um, but I think if we can, continue to sort of cultivate ways that we engage grief. We allow ourselves to, to embrace that. 
um, I think that it can actually shape us in some healthy ways. And this isn't just from like grief mm-hmm. over the loss of a loved one. Right. But you mean grief in a yeah, broad way, Yeah, I talk way, about right? grief as, yeah, definitely death. Death is one way, but also loss of um, loss or longing, right? Like, so the loss of a job, the loss of a relationship, but then the longing, those things that we hope for that we likely will not have. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the examples I talk about in the book is living with the the longing. I have a son who's 10. He's on the autism spectrum. His name is Gabriel. He's amazing. And uh, there are things that I'll never experience with him, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this sort of longing and this yearning yeah. um, that will go unfulfilled. And so learning to live with that, uh, not to accept it, but also to have it continue to teach me um, yeah. are things I think are important. That um, So grief is one of the things I think we have to, quote, get up from. Yeah. Uh, we don't get over it, but to learn to live and, yeah. and journey with this friend <laughs> um, all of our days. Not allowing it to define our lives. Yeah, but to, con- continue yeah. To, like, to leave you stuck in that space where yeah. when it all happened or, um, yeah, that we can't, um, in a way, right, reinvent our lives after we experience grief, right? Because we lose something when whatever that grief looks like, we lose something and some part of us. And so, um, yeah, I think it's this sort of reinvention or, you know, allowing ourselves to be a different person now with the less that thing, yeah. whatever thing or person was. Well, grief's not the only thing. I mean, you talk about a couple of other yeah, things so, kind of keep us down. Yeah, so busyness. Uh, yeah. This is a more day to day. Yeah, let's talk pra- about practical that. one, right? So yeah, it's uh, in the in the story that uh, that the book is about um, from scripture. There are these folks who run to get help, and there are a lot of people in this life who are running to help lots of people, and um, we forget who we are. We get so engrossed in everyone else's dream mm-hmm. or vision for whom whoever they are, and we just see ourselves as a as a player. Um, and not an, an, a lead actor, if you will, in yeah. our own story. And so, um, yeah, that running and that worry and that caregiving and all the things that can really happen, um, and we just kind of lose sight. So yeah. um, so that's one. The other is uh, one that I uh, I feel like has been sort of story of my life is, is trying to learn from the lessons, right? Trying to learn from the past, actually maturing and growing from the screw-ups and the yeah. failures and the mishaps. Um, and what happens is when we don't learn, mm-hmm. uh, we just, you know, create the ridiculous cycle over and over again, and it yeah. shows up everywhere we go. Um, and so I think when we don't learn, when we don't take the time to reflect, unpack, uh, be intentional about, like, why did that not go well? Or, yeah. or who am I now because of that? You know, it doesn't yeah. always have to be a quote negative, um, but to allow those things to shape us. Uh, yeah, those are some things that happen. I, th- that strikes me as important because we all have failures mm-hmm. or mis- we all mis- make mistakes, uh, but a differentiator is those of us who choose to mm-hmm. let those things inform us or those of us who kind of stay stuck mm-hmm. in failures, mistakes, yeah. Uh, mishaps and yeah, don't and sort of grow from them. Don't right? grow. Don't try anything else new. Say yeah. it's always going to be this way. Right. Um, yeah. Just stuck in your own personal muck and mire, you know? Um, now I say it's easy to say, right. But you know, <laughs> it takes time to, to learn to grow and to be open to talk about some of that stuff with folks. So. Yeah. Well, one of the assumptions you make that I know we've reflected on just as we were thinking about, because we're, we're going to be talking about this at the gathering. In fact, in a, in a week or so, we're going to be starting a series where we're going to be talking about your book, but this idea from scripture of 
um, kind of getting up and experiencing a personal resurrection. Because mm. the scripture says this thing that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead mm-hmm. is in us yeah. and can raise us Reach up. On. Yeah, and, and one of the, but one of the assumptions underlying that that I think it's, is important is that we don't really have to go out and like find ourselves mm-hmm. or find our passion. We often use that language. Mm-hmm. I can't find my passion or I need to find myself mm-hmm. or something like that. But rather you kind of talk about the fact that it's, it's actually here mm-hmm. already and we have to uncover it or unearth it mm-hmm. as the title says, talk about that distinction between like having to go out and find it or just kind of unearthing something that's already there. And why is that distinction important? Sure. sure. Well, I have to talk about this by telling a story, yeah, right? Please. So, um, the opening story in the book is about my grandmama. Um, she uh, she was the best cook in the world, and uh, she cooked all the time. And she also sold her cakes. Like she was like renowned in our neighborhood. <laughs> Everybody would get grandmama's cooking, and so. Um, but in the midst of her doing all this cooking, she would often lose her glasses, um, and so she would put them down. She would think she put them down somewhere, and so she'd go around the house asking us, you know, baby, you see my glasses? <laughs> and we'd look at her and her glasses were always typically on top of her head and she had <laughs> forgotten right that she had them all along and so grandma's story of looking for something that she already had yeah. um, began to really impact me and I think that is what we do we kind of we waste time um, looking and we almost in some ways like spiritually uh, look silly right mm-hmm. when you go looking for something that you have already yeah. and so yeah I believe our I believe there are hints and clues and um, already existing strands of DNA, if you will, yeah. about uh, who we are and what we may be able to offer to the world. And those things show up early on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I knew from fourth grade that I wanted to be a journalist, you know, um, so writing was always going to be important to me. And so what I invite people to do is like, let, what were some of those early things you were already saying? Yeah, I don't think those were happenstance. Um, those were already in you being cultivated and coming out. My, my sister, for example, um, I'm more of the creative type. She's more the linear brain. Mm. And uh, when she was younger, she told uh, she told uh, my mom that she had a computer in her brain. Like what, you know, and she's a computer, like she does computer science, (laughs) analyzing all this stuff. Right. And so like, she already had this inkling about who she was and how her, how she functioned. And so I think sometimes, you know, the older we get, the more we listen to other people, uh, not in an always, um, in a sense, a negative way, but we, we don't trust what's already there. That's right. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is an invitation to trust what's already there. Um, yes, cultivate it, grow it, whatever that might look like over time. Um, but you're not crazy. It's already there. And there's something really encouraging about this idea that we don't, it's, this is not a treasure hunt that we have to go (laughs) find it out there, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's already here that God's already put gifts Mm -hmm. in you Mm -hmm. that you, um, you you don't have to go manufacture uh, or, or, you know, somehow acquire yes. things that you don't already have. And I, I know for me, that's really encouraging. And yet I'll talk to a lot of people who say, okay, that's fine, but I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out. What are some practical ways? And you've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. that, that we can start this work of unearthing. I mean, one sure. is you said to kind of look back and mm-hmm. try to remember before yes. you got really busy or before mm-hmm. you lived into the things mm-hmm. that people told you about yourself. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that we yeah. unearth? Yeah. So, yeah, one of the first things we do in the book is really do uh, an examination of your name. 
Um, and it could be like, what does your name mean? Mm-hmm. But it can also be what's the story around your name? Yeah. Because I, tr- I believe that like God is at work when we're being named. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, knowing that story, you know, calling people to ask like, how, how did the name come to be? <laughs> and things like that, because I, those so are cool. already inklings yeah. of what, who you are and who you are going to be. Um, so that's part. And then the other, yeah, definitely some of the looking back, you know, who are the people for whom, you know, sometimes we say in this Christian ease, right? Who are, who are the people for whom your heart breaks? But like, who are the people you have a heart for? Mm-hmm. Um, who are the people you willing to go to bat for? Because those are the folks that you may be called to serve in yeah. some way. And then that begins to kind of connect with like, oh, this is what I may be. This yeah. is maybe what the passion or the purpose is or the call. Um, and so those, so, so knowing your people, kind of identifying that, um, some other things I think are really just seriously slowing down. Yeah. It's a real thing. I, and, you know, the unexamined life, right, is not worth living. Who was it, Socrates? Who yeah, said that, right? I mean, that's so important because I hear people all the time say, oh, I'm trying, I can't figure this out. I want to, but they don't make any space or time mm-hmm. in their life to actually hear mm-hmm. from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and I wanted to ask you about that because obviously you're a pastor. I'm a pastor. We are leaders here at the church. So we believe that God has a, you know, we believe a lot of this because we believe in God, mm-hmm. that God, you're, you're not an accident. You're created that yeah. you're not created, uh, willy nilly, but with mm-hmm. intentionality. Mm-hmm. And so this stuff is already there. Talk about the role of God and specifically the Holy spirit, which a lot of people don't really talk that much about. Sure. Talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in this work. Sure. Um, so I always uh, love to talk about this um, because, uh, like I always say, sometimes like we we kind of know we know God. We may be okay with Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, like, eh, not so sure about all that. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I think it's really important. I think the Holy Spirit is really important because, based on many things that we believe, we believe it's the Spirit who is at work today. Um, And so um, it is a spirit who is uh, moving, who reigns on earth, um, who is who Jesus sent for us uh, to to remember, to be comforted, to um, to convict, to encourage all the Mm -hmm. things. Right. So I believe it's it's imperative to cultivate a relationship with the one who is actually know doing the thing right now (laughs) and so um so what i think that the spirit does is um definitely reminds us of of those things maybe shakes us up a little bit um pushes us in ways we may not be wanting to be pushed so there's this sort of conviction and challenge i think that um allows us to that invites us to like confront um where we say we want to be or who we believe us believe ourselves to be but how we can stay stay where we are but we want that but we want to stay right here and i think the spirit you know push is that nudges inside of us um i also think the spirit you know at times of course will also be the one who comforts us when it is hard and when we are trying something out that may or may not work you know i think part of um part of this this is a journey of absolutely reflection but it's also a journey of doing some things trying some things out and seeing what what is going to stick uh, but reflecting on that at, at the same time so uh, I'll, i one of my coaches talks about how action brings clarity um so it's not just i don't know and i sit still it's i don't know let me think about this and let me continue to move uh and serve and and experience and see what this is gonna yeah. how it can come to be so um so yeah the holy spirit is the one i believe who 
um, does those things with us and for us. And uh, yeah, without it, yeah. And I don't know. I think the other thing I'm I'm thinking about it, and it's also the Holy Spirit is also the one who. I mean, we talked about those nudges and started talking about God speaking. I know that can be a little strange, but you know, is the one who like has the, has you to have those butterflies, those like unctions inside you where mm. you get a little like, oh, I think this might be it. You it's know? like these physical manifestations. Absolutely, of the and I think people yeah. need to pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't discount. Um, and I think um, we can go on and on about how we discount things in our bodies, right? Yeah. Because we're always, we're kind of heady people, right? We yeah. just want to do do the thing and make it make sense in our heads. But to pay attention to what's happening in our bodies and um, and to know that when things do happen in our bodies, it's not always negative, right? Yeah. I think, you know, so anyway, I think, yes, the spirit, I, go for it. Well, I love to, the, the idea that the Holy <laughs> Spirit's alive. You know, Jesus says at one point to the disciples, if I were to give you everything or tell you everything there is for mm. you to know, mm. you couldn't handle it mm. right now. So I'm going to send you the spirit, which over time will tell you everything that you need. <laughs> and I think about our lives a lot like that. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot that's already present in our lives from a young age, but then there's also the sense of the spirit is alive and active, mm-hmm. meaning the spirit is bringing about new realizations mm-hmm. or putting new gifts within you. So your life is never like defined by like some point in the past where it's like, well, this is just who I am. So I guess I can never be anything different. Scripture says that the spirit is actually active and revealing to you new things so Mm -hmm. that every stage of life, (laughs) you not only have everything that you you've experienced and that God's already done, but there's this idea that this might be the season when God does a new thing in you. Mm-hmm. And that's how it works is that the spirit's continually doing new things. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I love, I love how you put that. Um, you know, I talk to people often about how, you know, this is unearthing your passion. Um, but I think one of the things that gets us hung up is we think it's one thing yeah. and that it doesn't change. Um, I think there is, there are iterations uh, of how it will look or who we would serve. And, and it, it does kind of, it can pivot. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's also one of the ways we lose it because we're like, well, I've been doing this one thing for forever and now this doesn't feel the same way. And so what's happening in me? And it could be that there's a small shift that needs to take place or a place to go deeper, Mm -hmm. um, that we've been skimming over. Right. And so there's this place of, of iterations, right. Of, of the purpose. And I think that's one of the reasons people get hung up because it's like, Oh, what is my one purpose? What is that one thing? And I'm saying that it is degrees of that thing or shades of it. It it continues to. It's such a freeing idea. I think it's a freeing idea to know that you, you probably are created to do multiple things over the course of your life. And therefore it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. to say, hey, this was good, but now it's time for me to do something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it means that you will often discover a gift mm. that's different or new from sure. the one that you had before. And you mm-hmm. feel like, hey, I think I want to follow this now mm-hmm. instead of this other thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a, it, it also meshes well with, you know, it's rare for people now to like pick something and do it for the rest <laughs> of their life, mm-hmm. whether it's a job or sure. anything. Yeah, like things change and that's, okay because mm-hmm. again the spirit is this one who is bringing about new things every day yeah right the spirit is one you cannot control right and i think uh, we like our lives to be figured out clear in the box doing what it does mm-hmm. like don't mess with the thing and so um, the spirit just kind of comes and like knocks down your building box like <laughs> yeah <laughs> eh, wrong answer and so yeah well I, so 
about half the book, mm-hmm. this is my take on from reading it, is about this work of unearthing, of finding your passion. But it's one thing to 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 discover or unearth a passion. It's a different thing to actually do something with mm-hmm. it. Like that's a that's and the other half of the book is really about mm-hmm. how do you then it's it, once you realize something, how do you then move mm-hmm. or do something with mm-hmm. it? Um, what do you think keeps people mm-hmm. from actually living out of their passion? Because I, I know a lot of people who's, mm-hmm. well, I know what it is. Yeah. I just, you know, I haven't mm-hmm. gotten around to doing something with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think when we know what our passion is and it's time, it's time or we choose to try to actually move in it, it's one of the most vulnerable things we ever do, mm-hmm. right? We, it is the most exposing thing we ever do. We show ourselves to the world. Yeah, That is hard yeah. um, because it opens you up for all things, right? Praise, critique, yeah. um, all, and everything in between. And so I think we get nervous. We get scared. Mm-hmm. Um, we're unsure how we're going to take that. So I think that's one of the reasons why we, um, why we don't move. Uh, I think the other reason we don't move is because we don't have it all figured out. Right. And so because we don't have it all figured out, we stay at square one instead of just saying, well, let me go to square two and see if I can see. That's such a great. Yeah. That is a great, I think, observation Mm. that we want it. We want to know what the whole journey is going to look like before we start. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen that way. I'm reminded of that. Like (laughs) Abraham in the Old Testament, you know, God famously calls Abraham, you know, to go to a place Mm -hmm. which I will show you. Right. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the famous line in scripture and Abraham has to start a journey trusting that God will show him mm-hmm. where he's going to end up mm-hmm. only after he starts mm-hmm. the journey. And it reminds me of, yes, like, we don't do that. So yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's the through, um, it's, it's going through the thing is where you get the learning and the, and the, and the trust grows. Right. And so it's not only trust, it's trust. Yes. In God, but also trust in what God has placed in you and who you are and trusting yourself. Like I can do, I can take this next step. I don't have to know step 20 to take step yeah, one. Right? right. And so, um, it grows your confidence in yourself and then God grows and hopefully the dependence and reliance on the spirit in, in taking those steps as well. What do you think? What, what about fear of failure? Do you think that, I mean, mm-hmm. not everything works out. Right. Or at least in the the way that we think it's mm-hmm. going to work out. I mean, mm-hmm. I think nothing's wasted. Right. But Absolutely. Things, sometimes we fail. Sometimes what yeah. we thought we were going to do mm-hmm. doesn't happen. I yeah. mean, talk about that. Sure. Yeah, you know, um, expect it. It's going to happen. Like, I think that's the other part yeah. of all of this, right? Like if you think it's just going to soar and then you'll be sorely disappointed, like yeah. ridiculously so. So like go for it and knowing there are going to be some turns and twists and some, you know, some low moments. It's going to, that's just part of what it means to live. Yeah. And I, I think, I think this is, I don't know. I think it's so interesting, right? Humanity has this unrealistic expectation of, you know, gray, uh, blue skies. And right. what, this is not the real world. No. That's not the real world, folks. Like, so if we can know, like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and it's going to be hard at times mm-hmm. and there's going to be amazing sky moments as well, but there's going to be some low moments. And so I think when we can accept that, embrace it, move through it. But also, again, we talked a little bit earlier about learning from those things. Um, Because if we don't learn from whatever the failure was, or we don't say like, okay, now that I've done that, you know, what's, how is how am I going to allow this to shape who I am continuing to become? 
right? Like yeah. failure can continue to shape who we become. And so I think that's where we get lost. And so then that's when people can stay stuck in their past and well, it didn't work. And so um, we, we waste a lot of time. We waste a lot of, a lot of our gifting, our anointing, one might say, um, hanging out in the past, but it's also comfortable, right? Like it's yeah. okay to do that because it's okay for us to do that because it doesn't require much of us. Right. Um, so, and I think we can hang out. Yeah. And I was thinking about, you know, I, I, I meet people who have this sense, like I've discovered this. I think this is what God's put in me. I'm going to mm-hmm. act out of it. And because it's a God thing and because I'm moving forward and doing something about it, it won't fail or it can't <laughs> fail. And this thinking is actually in the Bible. <laughs> you know, I, I think about Jerusalem. I mean, it, mm. Israel thought mm. that because it's God's city, because God dwells here, yeah. it's invincible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not true. Sure. It, and <laughs> it just because you're doing even a God thing yeah. doesn't mean you're not going to experience adversity mm-hmm. or, or, um, or failures of sorts. And I think about Paul in the new Testament, mm-hmm. as soon as he answered, you know, the call to, you know, be a apostle. Mm-hmm. His life was full <laughs> of challenges. Yeah. But it, again, it's not wasted. These things all yes. were part of a bigger story mm-hmm. that maybe we don't always see Mm-mm. in the beginning. Yeah. But that thing you perceive as a failure, or that thing that didn't work out is maybe part of a larger story. Yeah. 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 We take the time to look, to let it do, be that for us. To talk a little bit about the role of courage. I mean, in bravery, Bra- mm-hmm. brave action is mm-hmm. in the title. It's mm-hmm. not just action, but brave action. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the role of bravery in this work and why is it scary? I mm-hmm. guess, conversely. Yeah. 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 So to be, uh, to take brave action is, uh, is really to do, you know, that was one of the quotes we tell, sometimes people say, you know, um, speak even if your bro- voice shakes. Yeah. So it's not without the absence of fear, you're going to be scared, like, or as we say here in St. Louis, yeah. you're going to be scared. Yeah. But but do it anyway um, and see what happens. And so I think um, bravery, courage um, is, is a virtue that has to continue to be cultivated. And here's the thing about bravery, which I love, is that when you do something and when it does work, you kind of get addicted to that feeling yeah. <laughs> in a good way, hopefully. Right. right. Like you're like, that's in a, you're like, Hey, I did that. That felt good. Yeah. I, I'm going to try the next thing. Um, and our bravery and, and courage can also be contagious, you know, um, with other folks because other people are like, you did that thing. Yeah. I'm going to do this thing now because I saw you do that thing. Right. And yeah. then there's this community, I this courageous that. community that is like, let's go do it. Let's go for it. And you know, if we do fall, if we do have whatever, we, we got community, we're doing it together. Yeah. So. Uh, wh- I was thinking about something, you know, a lot of this work we can think that we have to do alone. But I suspect for you and for most people, other people play important roles, sometimes in a negative way of kind of defining your mm-hmm. life for you, mm-hmm. but but also in a really positive way that other people can be, uh, a huge help mm-hmm. in you both identifying and living mm-hmm. out of talk about the role of other people or of community. Sure. Cause sure. you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think <clears throat> having people, um, that you journey with, even if you're not going in the, um, you know, if you're not in the same industry or niche yeah. or call or purpose, um, but people with whom you can share, you know, those, the brave stories and be encouraged by those. And also the people you can share when it didn't work out so well. 
um, having that community for me, I know has been amazing. I have just little, little enclaves, I guess, of folks uh, in different um, areas of my life who I get to call and say, you know, this was a good day or this yeah. was a horrible day right. and here's why. And so really just having people who can hold you up, who can also then, you know, cause we need this all the time is, um, is the remembering again, right? Remember why mm-hmm. you're doing this. Remember, you know, when the dream originally came or remember when you wrote the vision down um, and we can, we can get far removed from it. Sometimes if we're not, yeah. not careful, the, the community helps us uh, to remember, um, to remember and to be encouraged um, and supported. So don't do anything alone. I, I, I just say, don't do anything alone. There are no self-made anybody. Amen to so. that. <laughs> never. Never. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, Charity, thank you so much. I, I want a few things. People should get the book because it's not only thought provoking, but it's practical. I mean, it, it actually gives you steps and yeah. exercises and yeah, so tools. I, I wrote right? this as a devotional journal. Yeah. And so each day, each of the 50 days, um, there are questions uh, for you to think about but also space for you to write (laughs) and so I didn't I wanted people to actually do the work and not just you know haphazardly maybe think about it but here have a space to do that as well Uh, and then every seventh day is a day of sort of integration where you kind of say where you think through what do I know now Um, how does this make me feel Um, and what am I going to do as a result of that and that's sort of my emotional intelligence background kind of creeping into Mm -hmm. um, how I how I think and so giving people an opportunity to start practicing that. Which I think is important. It's it's not just, I'm going to get some knowledge here, but it's a workbook. It Mm -hmm. it actually leads you through this. So people should pick it up. People can learn more about you, your leadership coaching, certainly more about the book because you have a website, charitygoodwin.com. So just your name. Uh, People can buy the book on Amazon, but they can also come to the gathering and get it because hey, hey. on July 11th, we are actually beginning Get Up Sermon Series. You're <laughs> going to be preaching at all of the sites on July 11th. Can't wait. People can find out all the details. Clayton, Webster, McCausland are our physical locations. Of course, we have online worship, gatheringnow.org. Mm-hmm. People can learn more. They can come hear you talk about mm-hmm. this. They'll have a chance to buy the book. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're going to do that on July 11th, but charity, it is so great to get to do ministry with you. Thanks Fran. I'm reminded that you're basically, we're launching the series, your one year anniversary of being here at the gathering. Get out. Basically. I That's mean, cool. I didn't I think, think maybe, I didn't, you know, okay. I nice. think it is. Cause I think you had a week um, and I think mm-hmm. this is That's your awesome. official one year anniversary. That is really crazy. So <laughs> I love that. you've been here a year, whether you like it or not, you it. are, uh, you're that. officially a veteran. I love it. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really excited to get the chance to, to hear you preach about it. So, uh, folks should check you out charitygoodwin.com. Uh, check us out at gatheringnow.org. Join us for worship on July 11th. Uh, charity. Thank you. It's good to see you. Thanks, Matt. So thanks to all of you as well for listening. If you want to hear Pastor Charity and hear this series, I'd love to have you join us at the gathering. You can find out more at gatheringnow.org. You can join us in person, of course at our Webster, McCausland, or Clayton sites if you're in the St. Louis area. Uh, Also, if you're out of town or don't live in St. Louis, you can check us out online. Join us. Worship with us online at gatheringnow.org. But Charity will begin uh, this series based on her book, Get Up, 
uh, this weekend. So I hope to see you there, everyone. I hope you had a great holiday weekend and I look forward to seeing you next week.